Welcome to the Embrace Your Weird podcast. My name is Lisa Jacob, and this is the place where we talk about anxiety, authenticity, and what happens when we stop acting. It is currently March 2020, and I think we should stop pretending that anything in the world makes sense right now. Things are kind of falling apart (laughs) just a little bit. And uh, yeah, so people keep asking me how to manage their anxiety and how to deal with this unprecedented chaos that is coming from the coronavirus. And I am so touched and honored that people would turn to me and ask me in this time of confusion and stress and that people would would want to know my opinions and my thoughts and my advice and I also keep thinking how the hell am I supposed to know like oh my god I don't know I'm barely keeping it together over here but that's not a really great answer for people who are reaching out so I think first of all I just I don't want to come off like I'm some sort of expert here because I am full of anxiety just like everybody else right now however I've realized in going through all of this that some of my regular tactics for dealing with anxiety pre-coronavirus are actually still applicable now that we are in a worldwide pandemic. So yeah, I, I am just as lost and overwhelmed as everyone else. I want to crawl under my blanket and sleep. I just want to sleep, which is actually a really kind of a fascinating sympathetic nervous system response. I think that when I get stressed, I fall asleep. My husband and I went to the grocery store a couple of days ago. Those of you who know me know that the grocery store is a place of panic on a good day for me. I've had some encounters in the grocery store when I used to be an actor and was more well-known. I got mobbed in grocery stores. Grocery stores cause me a lot of anxiety, even when I'm feeling really good. But when there are apocalyptic levels of crowds in there, and, you know, I found what really got to me were the empty shelves. Seeing shelves empty of basics really made me feel very panicky. And I started getting that tingly feeling in my hands, which is always where it starts for me. And my vision started to get blurry and I was kind of dizzy and there was this ringing in my ears. And Jeremy asked me if I was okay. He noticed I was, I do this thing with my hands. I like open and close my hands when they get tingly. And he knows whenever he sees me doing that, that I'm kind of starting to panic. So he asked me if I was okay, and I just said, no. (laughs) No, I'm not. Luckily, at that point, we were almost ready to go to the checkout. So I just told him, like, I had to leave. He should get in line, and I would meet him at the car. 
So I walked out and I went to the car and I had thought, you know, I could do a guided meditation on my phone or just listen to music or something to just try to get my mind off the panic and reconnect to the body. But what I ended up doing, what I sort of found myself doing was cleaning out my car. For whatever reason, cleaning out my car was the only thing I could figure out that would make sense in that moment. So like I'm grabbing the random receipts that were shoved under the seats and I I took out the floor mats and I shook them out in the parking lot of the Whole Foods. (laughs) Like I just needed a purpose. And for whatever reason, my purpose in the Whole Foods parking lot was cleaning out my car. So after I cleaned out the main space in my car, I went to the trunk and I organized everything that was there and I folded up the reusable shopping bags again in the trunk and I organized them according to size and it sounds so ridiculous now, but you know, I'm kind of handy to have around when I'm really stressed because I I, I do this, I, I clean. So when my husband was done checking out of the grocery store, he came out and he got everything loaded into the car and he asked me how I was doing. And I just said, I can't talk yet. Let's just go home. I just, I I, I couldn't, I knew that if I talked about how I was feeling, that it was just going to completely break down. So I said, I can't talk about it yet. Let's just go home. And I turned the radio up really loudly and we just sang trashy top 40 songs really loudly all the way home. So we get home and drop the bags in the kitchen. And I said, I need to go to sleep immediately. I just walked to our bedroom and like fell down in our bed. And Jeremy brought me our dog, Olive, and he tucked her in next to me, which was a very special treat for both of us because Olive is kind of too big to be in our bed all the time. So I just kind of spooned with the dog and my husband did the really good guy thing, which was he asked me what I needed. I said I needed to be asleep. And then he went and put away all the groceries and just left me alone which was perfect. But again, I'm just fascinated by this need I have to be asleep. I think it's kind of a way of numbing out a little bit. Like I'm just so overwhelmed by what I'm feeling. I need to be unconscious. When I woke up, the world was still in this insane state that it is in, but at least I didn't have to be at the grocery store anymore. So that was good. And yeah, I mean, my world, like everybody else's world, it's, it's changing. All of my events are getting canceled, which, you know, it it makes me sad for me because I love doing these things. It makes me sad for everyone who planned to attend. It makes me sad for all the work that went into it. And, you know, there is, of course, this loss of income, which you know, I I will be okay. I'm grateful that I will be okay, but it's still not great, right? That's still a, a fair amount of my income comes from events. And so that's, it's difficult. 
The other thing that's a little strange, my husband and I are in a temporary apartment right now because we're building a house and fingers crossed that we are still building a house. I don't know. When I walk by, it looks really quiet over there. But it kind of means that, you know, we don't have a place that feels like home. We're in a temporary spot. You know, 90% of my stuff is in storage right now. And the place we're in, it just feels very temporary. All of that was fine. But now that everything feels so unsettled, it feels really hard to be in a place that doesn't feel like home. So that's a little bit strange. And at the same time that I'm saying that, there are a million other situations that are significantly worse than this. I think that's a difficult thing that a lot of us are feeling right now. Like, I feel like such an asshole even mentioning any of this because so many other people have it worse. However, here's the thing I'm realizing. There is no shortage of sad available. Like, we can be sad about the little things and we can be sad about the big things. We can be sad about all of it. So the fact that my events got canceled and I'm in a space that doesn't feel like home, I can be sad about that as well as the massive health crisis and the massive financial crisis that so many people are dealing with. One doesn't negate the other. So I think that's the first thing I'd say is that just don't minimize how much it sucks to be discombobulated and to have your life upended just because lots of people have it worse. I think now is a time for immense, immense compassion. And that gift of compassion needs to be extended to yourself as well. I'm going to say that again because I think it's really, really important. The gift of compassion needs to be extended to yourself as well. It's okay to not be okay right now. It's normal to be reacting to this completely absurd situation. So just please be gentle with yourself. And also to those of you who are asking for advice, I would say please limit your exposure to the information. Stay informed and then do something else. I know it's really silly to try to focus on something else. Everything feels just kind of frivolous and unnecessary right now. But honestly, this is the time to reorganize the pantry. This is the time to go back to that knitting project you abandoned. This is a great time like catch up on TED Talks. Write that book. If that feels too overwhelming, I get it. Read that book. Get your inbox to zero. I just signed up for the Peloton app. Right now they are doing 90 days free trial. Peloton app has so many great, great workouts. You don't have to have the bike or the treadmill or anything. Yoga classes, HIIT classes, core classes, strength training. They're not paying me to promote any of this. I just think it's really awesome. So I signed up for the Peloton app free for 90 days. And so I am going to work on my abs personally. So I think just find 
things that can make your heart feel good. I don't care what it is. It could be cooking. It could be a jigsaw puzzle. Just spend tons of time petting your dog. Scrolling on Twitter rarely makes your heart feel good for that long. So just whatever screen it is that you use to get your information, just consider limiting that. The other thing I wanted to talk about was numbing out. It is so tempting to want to numb out right now. It's a lot. And so many of us, we just, we want a break. And there are okay ways to numb out. And then there are ways of numbing out that are really, really detrimental. So I stopped drinking alcohol about six months ago. And it's been a really incredible eye opener for me to the ways that I would numb out. So I didn't have a very dramatic relationship with alcohol. I never drank that much. I would have maybe like a couple of drinks a week. I've never in my life had more than three drinks in one day. I've never thrown up from drinking. One drink gets me pretty loopy. I'm a total lightweight. So it doesn't ostensibly seem like I'm a person who would need to stop drinking. I always thought that people who were sober were people who had, you know, a quote-unquote drinking problem. But what I found is that I just didn't like the way that drinking made my anxiety so much worse. It just intensified it in every possible way. So even one drink meant that I would not sleep well for three nights. Three nights, one drink. I'm a very sensitive little flower. Um, so, I, you know, I would drink and then I would wake up with night terrors and just I'd be so sweaty and gross and panicked and worried that I said something stupid or I had offended somebody I mean, let's be clear, those are things that I worry about when I'm sober as well, but I would worry about it so much more intensely when I would drink. And what made me really uncomfortable was that I did not like the fact that when I was stressed, I craved alcohol. I really, really wanted a drink. Whenever something would be disappointing or not go my way or I got my feelings hurt, I would just think, oh my god, I just want a glass of wine. I just want a glass of wine. I could feel it in my bones. I would just have this desire to avoid and numb out and be somewhere other than where I was. You know, I would I would ache to run away from reality. And eventually it struck me that I'm a yoga teacher. I'm a meditation teacher. I am someone whose life was literally saved by this idea that it's important to be in the present moment. That is the key concept that helps me to this day manage my anxiety. So 
when I learned how to stop the spin out, to stop living in the past and in the future and be right here, when I could stop the obsession with the stupid thing that I said three weeks ago or the obsession with all the terrible turns my life could take, when I could be right here, even in the moments when it was difficult and uncomfortable, my life got so much easier. So it just became this nagging question for me. Why was I continuing to drink and do something that was causing me pain and taking me further away from the present moment, which was what I was trying to get to 95% of the rest of the time? So why was I continuing to cause myself pain by drinking? This pain came in the form of the fact that I wasn't sleeping, that I would have these massive hangover headaches and increased anxiety. Like, was I really doing that to just numb out and not experience my life for an hour or two? Like, was that why I was doing it? I I didn't like that. And I read a book called This Naked Mind. It's by Annie Grace. And I gotta say, it really got me thinking differently about the way our society thinks about alcohol, the way alcohol is marketed, and specifically to women. And I learned a lot about kind of how alcohol works in the mind and in the body. Anyway, it was really fascinating. So if this is a topic you're interested in, This Naked Mind by Annie Grace. You can also get a lot of information from her website too. And I just found it to be really enlightening about something I was starting to feel about the way that I dealt with alcohol. And it just kind of confirmed a lot of what I was feeling. I am not saying that like nobody should drink alcohol and everybody needs to read this book and think the way that I do. I don't think that at all. But it was really good for me to look honestly at how I deal with alcohol and how my body and my mind deal with it. So it was really, really interesting. So if you look at yoga philosophy, yoga is just not all about, you know, moving around and making shapes with your body on a yoga mat. It's this whole philosophy, not religion, also important to point that out. It's a theory on how to live a life that is meaningful. And there is this concept of ahimsa. And ahimsa, it's Sanskrit, and you can translate it to non-harming or non-violence. So when I heard about ahimsa, I'm like, oh, check. I've got that. I thought I totally had it down. I make all kinds of great choices to not harm others. And I thought I am doing great on this yogic path. Ahimsa, done. However, (laughs) uh, that's not actually what ahimsa means. Ahimsa means non-harming of all. And that means non-harming non-violence towards self as well. I was great at not harming other people. I really sucked at this idea of not harming myself. I would harm myself through saying terrible things about how much I sucked or how much 
I could be doing better in the world. That was, you know, a sense of violence that I was raining down on myself. And I realized that I was not participating in non-harming when I was drinking because that is what it did to me. It was harmful for me. I realize that in the middle of a global pandemic, it's an interesting time to be newly sober (laughs) because I now only have like bad television and bowls of cheese as methods of numbing out, but you know, I'm, I'm okay with that. I want to be here for all of it. The entire fucked up thing. It reminds me that I am stronger than I think I am. It reminds me that I can handle this. I can be awake. I can be aware. And for the moments when I really can't be awake and aware, I can at least not make it worse by doing something I know my body doesn't like. I can at least be coming from my true self and making a wise decision. And so I can choose to numb out with TV. Not too detrimental. I mean, how bad can it be? Binging on the crown or below deck. Um, I'm also on probably what is my fourth time watching The Office, which now seems quaint. It's like, oh, it's an office where we all used to go together and work. Amazing. So I... I'm not sure. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know where we go from here. I think we need to focus on taking care of our own mental health as we take care of others. If we do one of those things or the other, we're going to be a mess. So we need to do both. Don't just take care of yourself and don't just take care of others. We need to find a balance and do both. So in those times where we need to just sit and stare at the wall for a bit, that's what we need to do. And then when we have gathered ourselves together, then we can find a way to improve our small corner of the world and figure out what we can do to contribute. And I guess... That's, um, you know, what I'm attempting to do here by sitting in my closet, just to let you know that you are not alone. You're not crazy for having a hard time right now. You need to shut down the screens and, and go for a walk sometimes and just know that we are going to get through this. There will be a time, I don't know when, but there will be a time when we look back and we're like, Holy shit, do you remember March of 2020 when all of that went down? Do you remember how wild that was? Do you remember how scared we all were? There will be a time when we can look back on this. I went to a meditation retreat with Jonathan Faust at Kripalu a couple of years ago, and he said something that will always stick with me. He said that when he is going through something difficult, and I... (laughs) I think at the time, he used the example of a stressful family event, like a barbecue or something, which feels so entirely quaint and adorable right now. But he said that when he needs to do something that's difficult, he asks himself this question, 
How do I want to feel when this is over? How do I want to look back at this event and think about how I dealt with it? So I'd ask you the same question. How do you want to feel when this is all over? For me, I'd like to feel like I took care of myself and my family the best I could. I want to feel like I did my work and I reached out to others the best I could. I want to feel like I was present and aware and brave and that when I wasn't able to be brave, I reached out to others and I asked for help and I accepted help. So I think that's how I want to feel whenever it is that we get through this. And I also want to remember to always feel grateful for toilet paper. We are going to be forever changed by this in ways that we cannot even begin to understand right now. But we will persist. I really appreciate you listening, being here, supporting the podcast. If you want to do more of that, you can go to embraceyourweirdpodcast.com. As you can tell, I don't accept advertisers for this podcast. I just fund it all myself. So your donations are gratefully accepted. And if a financial contribution does not work for you, I would be super grateful for a rating and review on iTunes. Those are super helpful for me. This lovely song you are listening to is called Beautiful. The band is Red Bird. You can check them out at redbirdsoul.com. Thanks for being here with me in my closet. I appreciate you. You are loved. If you are struggling right now, you are not alone. We will get through this. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Keep it weird, everybody. I've been cute and I've been pretty, but today.